Guess what? It's the second annual Small Appliance Recycling Drive Roundup. A couple weeks ago, we announced that the Frequency Horizon had undergone a brand new transformation, kicking things into high gear and all that. But this next level West Coast podcast action is about to fire on all cylinders with episode 66. We've got tons of content on the go. And I don't know if we'll be able to pack it all in, but we'll do our best. We start with a couple Brits right here in studio to talk about their personal campaigns of discovery, adventure, and volunteering. Hey guys, how are you doing today? Hey. Hey, pretty good, thank you. Yeah. We got Josie Roberts from London, England. Hey. You got a cool toucan that says Dino, love that. And then we have right next to you Tom Grove from Swansea, Wales. Yeah, hey guys. Yeah, Swansea, that's that's still Brit, right? Yeah. Perfect. Yeah. Well we got all that and more here on the Frequency Horizon. Mayor Josie Osborne will have a word. We'll take you camping on Vargas and talk to someone who's headed to Peru. This is the Frequency Horizon. But why not start with my brand new favorite track? Just discovered it last night. It's called Doubles of Everything by Kelp. Kelp A. K E L P E. From Droot Recordings. Because you know what? It's, it was sunny the last couple of days, but it's not pelting right there. Tonight with this one, we'll be back at you.
right there came from the playlist of a hairdresser that I know who sounds like he's no longer going to be a hairdresser so threw down a little SoundCloud playlist including this track everything what'd you guys think yeah, good, good answer. Yeah, awesome tune. A little bit of energy, a little bit of chill, all mashed up together, hey? Yeah, it's really cool. Well, this one here is going to take that same mentality, but basically inject it with maybe a little bit of, I don't know, I don't want to say testosterone, I don't want to say steroids, because, you know, those kind of injections are not approved by the frequency horizon. However, musical injections like this are. It's G. Jones Helix. Jones with Helix. Kind of a good mix, as you know, of the dubstep and other energetic genres of dance. I don't know if you can even call it dance. It's kind of super underground, something you want to swagger with as you walk down the block or the rainforest, as the case may be. So I threw it on for you. So here we are in studio with a couple Brits. What do you have to say for yourselves? Just loving Tofino, loving Tough City Radio. Great Excellent. place to be. Yeah, no, I'm glad you guys could come. Actually, so I, I actually met these uh, two amazingly passionate and interesting folks uh, in Yukulit, who, you know, the, I was just kind of astounded by their, you know, excitement that they have for the natural world. And they've, been, they've come to Tofino for this reason, to learn, number one, to participate in what's going on here on the West Coast and as well to, uh, to promote right back to the Tafetians. So I, I want to say thanks for picking this neck of the woods. And I was just wondering, it sounds like you have something coming up that you wanted to talk about too. Yeah, well, we're here to find out. Um, you come down to Tim West Resort tomorrow between one and four. We will be there presenting our Build a Whale educational program, which is a really cool offshore killer whale skeleton that the kids there will be able to help us build. So a little bit later on in the show, I'm going to have a segment where I play a, a little uh, interaction around a campfire on Vargas Island. And as we were headed out on Vargas Island to this campsite, I actually saw a whale skeleton on the beach. I, I mean, I assume it's a whale skeleton. I'm not 
a marine biologist or anything, but you know, what's, what, what do you think it is about this event that's really going to capture people's attention? Um, I mean, what I think is so fantastic is a lot of the time people see these animals obviously in their natural habitat, but sometimes from quite a distance. And, you know, we don't know a lot personally about, you know, their anatomy, their physiology, how they actually work. So to be able to up close get to literally build a whale, you know, touching their bones, knowing where things go, you just get a, um, such a great understanding of just how this animal is built. I think it's really, yeah, really inspiring. Yesterday, I was on the phone with a researcher in down south in, in California, near the Monterey Bay Sanctuary that they have. It's a national protected area down there. And I asked him if there was much connection between the animals in our neck of the woods here and in California. That's near the Bay Area, I understand. And what he said was, you know, there's a lot of different, you know, animals that do transit from one place to another, all the way across the Pacific Ocean in some cases. And the whales, as we know, are headed, um, I believe right now as we speak, from the Aleutian Islands down to, am I getting this right? From the Aleutian Islands down to kind of California area. And, uh, you know, that's, it's sort of like, it, it crosses geographic lines as a lot of things do. Is that one of the things that you think people will take away from this event at all? Definitely, yeah. It's an incredible thing that, you know, people up and down the coast are passionate about and will love. And it's great that we get to share it here. Some of it by being out there on Strawberry Island, which for people that haven't been out there, it's, it's what you see when you look out from the village of Tofino, the town of Tofino here. And basically we're, you know, there, there's a marine research station there. And I was just was wondering, you know, what sort of lessons have you been lucky enough to pick up? Because... I've heard some good things about what they do. Well, certainly, I mean, just a, just a general thing for me is uh, before, before we arrived at Strawberry Isle and at Tofino in general, you know, we were told there's basically one full-time member of staff um, and a couple of other people involved at Strawberry Isle, and we thought, you know, okay, that's not too bad. Let's see how much research they can do with that. But actually, when you come you see that it's it's not just those couple of people who were there all the time and you know they work so hard and put in so much effort but there are so many people who will actually you know throughout the year and you know every week every month will volunteer their time and you know contribute their knowledge their expertise um and just yeah just local knowledge and really are willing to help so i am amazed at just the number of people that are involved and that make Strawberry Isle the kind of research and educational facility that it is. Well, that's awesome. I'm glad you guys had a chance to do that because, let's see, we're on the frequency horizon here and the frequency horizon is all about discussing the ways in which, you know, frequencies influence our lives or we're put out different vibrations and frequencies and, uh, you know, how people interpret that. Of course, orcas being one of the animals that use echolocation. Super fascinating, right? Mm -hmm. And, um, have you heard about these research efforts of, that people have been working on out there to kind of map or understand how orcas communicate with each other? Have you heard about this? It's super interesting. Yeah, we've heard a little bit, actually. Um, we were at a uh, really good whale festival talk, actually, last week by, what's her name, um, Amlice? Yes, um, Amlice. Yeah. Um, and basically, she she's a complete expert she's amazing and she can actually recognize the different dialects of different groups of orca 
And they basically, like with humans, they have different languages and that kind of isolates these groups and means that certain clans and pods will communicate um, you know, within their own group. And they actually put hydrophones out just off uh, Vancouver Island, off the West Coast, and found that actually all these different groups will come to, will overlap and come to similar areas. But because, obviously, they have these acoustic differences, they appear never to actually interact with each other properly. And it's amazing. And it's interesting that the killer whales that you're most likely to see here will be the big killer whales or the transient killer whales, which are silent hunters in general. They're hunting marine mammals. And unlike the resident or the offshore killer whales, which are quite chatty when they hunt their food, the big killer whales will be near silent when they hunt. Really? That's so weird. Any idea why that might be? That's crazy. Well, I mean, for the um, so there are three main groups of British Columbia. You have the uh, resident killer whales, the sort of more famous ones that feed on uh, mostly Chinook salmon. And we have the bigs, the transient killer whales, and they feed mostly on um, marine mammals. And then we have the offshore killer whales. Not much is known about them, but they tend to feed mostly on Pacific sleeper sharks, we think. And whereas for the residents and the offshores, they can, you know, they can chat at their frequency, they can hunt and be pretty loud because the fish and the sharks, they uh, cannot actually hear the killer whales. But the marine mammals, obviously, they also tend to uh, echolocate, especially the dolphins, the porpoise and the whales. Um, so they will be able to hear the orca. And if the orca are talking and chatting, I'm saying even planning their hunt, those marine mammals will know and they will leave the area. So they need to be as quiet as possible. But it's interesting that we will notice and pick up on after a successful hunt, after they make a kill, they will immediately become chatty and become loud, almost like they're celebrating, like they're having a bit of a party under the water. Having a little bit of a party under the water. Well, we're going to have to play a track, an awesome track. We're going to get back to the studio with these very, very knowledgeable Brits. Glad they came here. But for now, we're going to play a song not about swimming in the ocean, but about soaring. This is Maceoplex, Learning to Fly. CN8.
So coming up on the show, we're going to have a word from Josie Osborne, mayor of Tofino. We'll take you out to Vargas Island, to the far side, for a super chill camp out with friends. And then we'll go on a hitchhiking adventure as we are one. So stick with us. We got a little bit of a dance party going on in the studio. Alba Frequency Horizon will be back at you in a few seconds here. By the way, if you like that track, that was Maceo Plex with Learn to Fly. Throw on the video on YouTube and you'll see some fighter pilots, pilots doing their thing. Hi, I'm Shari. And I'm Jeff from, from Tofino Co-op Hardware. Are you new to the community or just putting off getting that co-op number we keep asking you for? Why not invest $10 and become a lifetime member owner? Our member owners will receive 5% in cash back and equity on all their purchases made throughout the year. Your membership is good at all of our locations. The grocery store, gas bar, Tofino Life Clothing, and of course the hardware store. This also gives you a vote at our annual meetings. So take five minutes to stop by our admin office. Invest in yourself and your community. 
Easy peasy, right G? Yeah, easy peasy, Shari. Co-op, you're at home here. <laughs>you just want to say a big thank you to our sponsor co-op tofino for getting involved in this awesomeness we call the frequency horizon we're doing a show every week as you know tuesday nights 9 to 11 we're here we're on the podcasts on itunes and soundcloud and everything else if you look for us but if you want to listen live say you're in your car you're just heading home you don't have a radio inside head to mixler.com mixlr.com slash tough city radio and that way you can stay in tune with what's going on. And uh, just remember, tomorrow, if you have to go to your groceries or whatever, food store is open. Co-op food store is open 8.30 a.m. to 8 p.m. daily. And the hardware store, seven days a week, 8.30 a.m. to 5.30 p.m. And Saturday to Sunday, 8.30 a.m. to 5 p.m. All right, let's get going with some Cage the Elephant cigarette daydreams. And we'll be back in studio with our lovely Brits. One to one, take one, Mark. Yeah, 
slipped away No time at all I followed you until the hall Cigarette Daydream You were only 17 So sweet With the mean stream Nearly brought me to my guys approve that was cage the elephant cigarette daydreams you heard that one before yeah it's yeah, a pretty good song. Great song what's do you have any memories of where you've heard that song before i just feel like at a party somewhere in a chill environment yeah i've got it on a cd in the car just listen it when you're driving sun out windows down staring at the horizon well the road but the horizon i get it yeah (laughs) (laughs) all right so here we are we're in studio with josie roberts from london and tom grove from swansea and i should specify because i did interview someone from london ontario today that i'm talking about london england but their voices give that away don't they eh? (laughs) just a little (laughs) so you know we were just talking earlier uh over the break about uh you know not only are you interested biologists you know, trained after all in the art of biology through uh, the institution they call Cambridge University. But uh, you're also athletes, both of you. That's that's awesome. What uh, what's what, what's your ath- athleticism of choice, each of you? I guess athlete is like a massive compliment. Got to say, um, <laughs> bit of an overstatement. You know, it's kind of if you got to go to if you're going to go to Cambridge, then you might as well do some rowing, which uh, we both did for our colleges. Yeah, that's that was... so stereotypical. I love it. That's awesome. <laughs> yeah, it was good fun to be fair. It's couldn't, a lot of fun. Couldn't deal with the early mornings by the end though. No, that, it's that a, lot of, a lot of six a.m.s out in the cold on the water. I remember there was um, as a kid watching rowing, and the name I remember is this woman. It's a Canadian rower, Silken Lauman. That's what I remember. And uh, I don't know if you ever heard of her, but I think she won some medals and stuff at one point. 
Uh, but she's from what I always remembered about her was that she's from Vancouver Island, actually. And oh, so, awesome. you know, there's there's quite I, I guess there's quite a history on Vancouver Island of having strong rowers. But of course, Cambridge has that as well. What was it like to be part of that environment? I mean, it was certainly for me, it was incredible because it wasn't something I'd really experienced at home. <laughs> what was great is that, you know, the rowing was all rubbish. We were terrible, but the university made such a big deal out of it. It was such a big event and it was just such... Yeah, it was just such a great experience, really. Did you get, like, matching in, like, embroidered dinner jackets or something? Or, like, fancy, you know, pants? Or I'm just picturing in my head, like... Oh, yeah. Oh, definitely, yeah. You have, you have like, matching matching outfits for the races. Beauty, beauty. And and for you, what's... What would you, you're, you said you do mi- mixed martial arts, don't you? <laughs> yeah, for a little bit. In, in third year, I did mixed martial arts. It's mostly learning how to fall down safely so that you don't hurt yourself. That was the most that I got out of that experience. But it was <sighs> it was a lot of fun. Yeah, that's that's a tough one, hey. Like, uh, it's it's similar to that's what I always found like s- sort of surfing as or, or snowboarding. It's like falling down in a controlled way. You're like falling down a mountain in a very very controlled way, right? Exactly. Yeah. One of our first sessions was just the coach picking us up and throwing us on the floor and <laughs> teaching us how to do that without breaking anything. Sounds like the military kind of. <laughs> but uh, okay, so put because I did I did judo for a while when I was a kid, right? And at that time mixed martial arts was not a thing like it didn't exist yet i mean maybe it did but it would have been in its formative stages if anything um and sort of what i found that was interesting about uh, about uh about those kind of sports was it was the first time i was exposed to this concept of kind of tapping into you know some sort of ability that you might have that's beyond just okay shoot this puck at the net you really have to kind of get into some rhythm with you're almost like performing with the mm-hmm. opponent. I mean, what what was it that you found about it that was was so captivating? It's just for mixed martial arts in particular. It's just two very different styles. I found it's like you do the the kickboxing aspect, sort of the kicking and the punching, and then you also have the the, the grappling, the wrestling aspect, and it's very technical. And I think I underestimated how much sort of brain power would be involved into thinking. You know, what's my next move? What am I going to do next? How am I going to get out of this choke cold? Don't they say you got to be so good, so rhythmic that you can kind of operate without thinking? Like, obviously, you're definitely. You're, it's got to say, you know, what maybe even tougher than playing than than doing mixed martial arts and really ex- ex- excelling in that discipline is becoming the captain of a team of a sport that doesn't exist. <laughs> well, doesn't exist to Canadians. Yeah, explain so. what I'm explain. I'm just joking around, but explain what I mean, what I mean by that. Yeah, so. Uh, I was saying that um, I were in college, so a small part of uh, Cambridge University. I was for a year captain of um, a mixed netball team. Netball's kind of like a slightly more, <laughs> slightly rubbish version of basketball, I guess. They play it in Europe a lot. And uh, <laughs> it's actually played mostly by girls. But <laughs> in Cambridge, you have these mixed teams of girls and boys. And, you know, it's just, just great fun, really. Take it pretty chilled. But, you know, still a fair bit of work involved. And it was just really lovely and and you know what what did you do to to lead your team to glorious heights i mean mostly just shouting and panicking really there was very little expertise involved mostly just come on come on try harder and then you know afterwards have a drink so like it was good great fun it was amazing that's great well i'll have to try it sometime you know anything with a name as silly as that uh, you know i'll give it a go Definitely. uh sign me up if you're ever putting on a rec if you're back in town and playing a, putting on a rec league for that 
But uh, in the meantime, we're going to go with the, continue the international vibe of this show with a band called International Pony, Leaving Home. One day you'll return to the warmth of leaving home. One day you'll return to the warmth, the warmth of I'd never heard of that group before. Have you heard of them before? Called International Pony. No. They seem like they're from a few years back, and uh, I just found out about them on a hitchhiking journey. Very similar to a lot of the other tracks on this show, to be honest. But uh, this one's called Leaving Home, and it's just nice to play that because I love contemplating that international vibe. And one way we're going to do that right now is I'm going to play a little clip that I managed to grab and then edit it up a little bit from... B Traits, who has a show on BBC Radio One, but 
is from Nelson from BC. Here you go. Here's a little clip of the time that I got a shout out for Frequency Horizon on BBC Radio 1. Check it out. Hi, it's Josie Osborne, Mayor of Tofino, and you are listening to Frequency Horizon. Say, what's it like for you to be here during Whale Fest? What's it like uh, for you to see this, you know, community commitment to the issues that are very important to you? Well, I think Whale Fest is the best example on the coast of combining education with fun and food and and things that bring us together. So we talk about some pretty serious topics at Whale Festival when it comes to the marine world and impacts that we're making as humans on whales and other sea life and the ocean itself. But Whale Festival has a great way of um, helping us think about what we can do as individuals and at the same time visit. Yeah, I love Whale Festival. Yeah, I love Whale Festival. That's Josie Osborne, Mayor Tofino for you, throwing down a little bit of Frequency Horizon love and telling you to be a little bit smarter about how you consume things because that's so important. You know, it takes every little decision that we make to just kind of take one step forward. Not easy all the time, but it doesn't have to be hard. So... There you are. Next thing that I'm going to throw down is an interesting connection that you might not expect between our lovely Frequency Horizon show and, yes, that's right, Donald Trump. I'm not making this up. This is so true. You're going to have to stick around for a song, and then we're going to tell you what I mean. But that was kind of a surprise to me as well, just to see how many few degrees of separation or frequency that you can get between Canadian artists, underground minds, and a very twisted mind to the south. But for now, we've got Neelix, Expect What. We'll be back with not only that little update for you, but also our guests in studio. Cheers.
Shout out to send um, material bags ready to give to the co-op by this Friday. Everyone, get involved. Shout out to co-op, Frequency Horizon sponsor, in the mix. This is Neelix, Expect What? That's what we've been listening to. And uh, let's give a shout out to your brothers and sisters there. Two, what was it, brothers that you have? Uh, One sister, Jamie, and one brother, Neil. Brother and sister, shout out. And to you, shout out to your only childness <laughs> shout out to my mom and dad linda and laurie you're great guys yeah all right here we go we got neelix expect what we got the got the drop coming up hopefully with this like side trance almost feel tech house side trance kind of you know Love, 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 love
opposites of trust, planted when 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 opposites of trust. Planted when opposites of trust, planted when opposites of trust, planted when opposites of trust, opposites of trust, planted when 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 opposites Guys, can you believe it? We made it all the way through another eight-minute song. Pretty impressive. <laughs> Didn't even feel like eight minutes, did it? No. I bet you just were, some of you guys out there were folding laundry. Probably didn't even get done all your laundry, did you? Nah, eight minutes for a song? That's like enough time to tell a proper story in electronic music. But you gotta do it right. Because some electronic music, as we all know, sounds like crap after 30 seconds, so... Hopefully you agree with my selections. If you didn't like this one, hop on the Facebook, facebook.com slash Frequency Horizon or the Twitter at Freak Horizon. slash tough-city-radio if you want to listen online. But right now, we're going to play a little something from a group that has been on the Frequency Horizon. I'm talking about Bad, Bad, Not Good. And if you're an old fan, you've been here for a year, then you know that they had the straight goods when it came to jazz, when it came to chill thoughts. And, you know, even that day I was snowboarding with, a Wu, with Wu-Tang gloves. And they're, they've actually collaborated with some of their Wu-Tang members. But things got real. When Bad Bad Not Good did a lovely collaboration that ended up with Snoop Dogg throwing down some verses, pointing a gun in the music video at... Donald Trump and shooting him and only recently did this lovely president to the south find out and he fired back at this very artist collaboration whatever you want to call it but at least the, the, the actual songwriters bad bad not good had appeared on the frequency horizon prior to that moment so I think that's pretty cool and we fuller we'll throw our full support behind these guys but if you don't believe me well, why not check this out? Hi, we're back on that good, and you're listening to the Frequency Horizon. Here we have Bad Bad Not Good with Lavender featuring Kei Trinata. Because you know what? I just didn't feel like playing the Snoop Dogg version. That song I talked about on this show. We'd like to go back to artistic originality, showcase it wherever we can, We'll let you do the social media thing later. Cheers. Yeah, I know it's quite dramatic. But just pretend. Pretend you're in a far off land, possibly Britain, possibly zoom in, you may be even in Wales. 
Or maybe you're in New York City about to throw up your own kind of fight. Who knows? I certainly don't. But who needs to? scary stuff, eh? But how much fun did it look like those guys were having? I am John. Show, show, 
An hour of the very best in blues at the crossroads is gearing up and ready to roll. Lots of new stuff again this time. Sean Chambers, Samantha Fish, Lauren Mitchell, Big Bill Morganfield, and lots more. It's back to 1964 for the live classic cut from Howlin' Wolf. The new trio, Elliot and the Audio Kings, is in the spotlight. At the crossroads, Sunday night at 6 on Tough City Radio. CHMZFM 90.1 Tofino. Verizon listeners, we're here with Michelle Hall from Surfrider, and she has some really interesting stuff to tell us about an upcoming event that's going on this week. Is that right? Yeah, it's coming up on Friday, and um, that's Friday the 24th, and it's at the Legion. And this event is not, as you might think, a concert. You know, often you'll go out on the weekends <laughs> to have a little bit of fun, uh, possibly you did for the previous weekend there, at, and I hope you guys have all recovered now from st patrick's day but this one's got a message and it's got an important focus you're, dif- you're drifting into the subject of oceans plastics right yeah that's right we have um a great film um, screening of new documentary a plastic ocean and it's got some really stunning visuals in the film but it really highlights uh what's going on in the ocean and some solutions that we can all do together and we have a panel discussion afterwards um, with some great panel speakers. So it's going to be a really fun evening. And I believe the Legion also do have an opportunity for dancing afterwards. They have a cool DJ on. I think Ginger Lee is her name. Ginger, yeah. Actually, she was on just a couple weeks ago on our show. You remember Ginger Slice was here in studio, or Slice of Ginger. She oh, goes by like a number it. of different okay. names, right? But she also has an, an awesome accent like you. Oh, sweet. So, you know, clearly, uh, you know, she knows what's up. And uh, But this, this is, evening is going to be... Well, it features a picture. I think this is a beluga there, and the beluga is looking at, uh, I guess that's a, a plastic water bottle. Yeah. And why, are, why are these issues so important to highlight? Yeah, um, so the ocean has three zones into it. It has uh, surface, pelagic, and benthic, and when plastic enters our ocean, it sits in those different zones of the ocean. So um, within the ocean, we have different feeders who all feed from the surface, from the middle, which is pelagic, or from the bottom, which is benthic. And what we're finding is that, you know, these uh, marine animals within our ocean are mistakenly eating these, these plastics, uh, mistaking them for food. And that's, uh, you know, as small as few microplastics within them. So this documentary is really going to, you know, it's going to show you parts of that, but um, uh, it's, a, it's a global documentary, so it shows you what's happening all over the world. Someone asked me the other day, and I don't know if you know the answer, but they said, geez, you know, oysters, what happens is they get, like, sand in them, and that's what creates pearls. They create pearls around it. Do they do the same thing with plastics, do you know? <laughs> I don't know whether a plastic pearl would be a good thing, but I'm not <laughs> sure. It's a good question. We um, sat on the sea change panel um, for the Pacific Rim Whale Festival last Sunday, and there was some great scientists on that board, um, Sarah du- Dr. Sarah Dudas and Dr. Ross from the Vancouver Aquarium. And they've confirmed that all shellfish now, 100%, all contain microplastics. That's crazy. Yeah. That's, that's a little bit higher of a number than I would hope. Yeah, 100%. Yeah, because they filter the water. So, um, and I'm not a scientist, so I'm, I'm you know, just regurgitating what... They, um, their research says. So, um, yeah, and the water that we're finding now is, you know, it's contained with these microfibers uh, of plastics. And, you know, they can come from 
um, plastics that we consume in our day-to-day -day lives, but a hot topic for everyone right now is microfibers, so that's um, plastics that are actually coming from your clothes. That's crazy, you know, I mean, it's, there's all these little things that are causing bigger problems and, you know, basically creating a butterfly effect around the world, and that's what's so cool about this issue is that it's a local problem, but it's also, you know, something that has a global relevance and a global significance. Um, so it doesn't matter if you live in the middle of the country, if you're just visiting, or if you live on the other side of the world, you can help Tofino by, you know, your actions, you know, no matter where you are in the world. I'm just wondering what are a couple of things you recommend to people who say, you know what, I've heard about this, I've heard, you know, plastics are a problem, it comes off of fleeces, it comes off of all these different items that you might not originally think of. What can people do to make a difference? Yeah, and that's the great thing about this. You can make a difference. So, you know, we're all consumers, so we all have that choice of products that we buy and companies that we buy from. So just making more sustainable choices and getting rid of that disposable attitude that a lot of us are, have become accustomed to. You know, a lot of us are addicted to plastic and we don't even realize it. But just some simple things like bring your own bag or bring your own coffee cup use a, a reusable water bottle they're like you know they're the low-hanging fruits but you know when you want to take it a little bit step further definitely research who you're um who you're buying from these days what are those companies connected to and um make more sustainable choices that are going to help the environment so you heard it here there's possibly a dance party you never know this weekend but also a very important film a plastic ocean we need a wave of change. I couldn't agree more. And give us again, what are, the, what are the dates and times that people should mark on their calendar? Yeah, it's Friday the 24th of March. Doors open at 4.30 and the film starts at 5. It's a family-friendly event. There are some disturbing scenes in the film, um, including some animals being maybe advised, but kids in Tofino and Euclid, they can take it and they, they want to be involved and they, and they want to see this stuff. So definitely bring your kids along. We've got some hot chocolates and other goodies. And then the 7 o'clock is when the panel discussion starts. Great. Thanks so much. Thanks for having me. That was Michelle Hall with Surfrider talking about an event coming up here just a few days away, a plastic ocean. And, uh, you know, it does feature Ginger Lee, who appeared on the Frequency Horizon. And I want to say to all you Frequency Horizon listeners out there, Thank you so much for you know going and sharing that episode which we just uploaded, the one with Ginger Slice, which you can find on facebook.com slash Frequency Horizon or just go to FrequencyHorizon.com and kind of link in there to what's happening. Now, um, I'm wondering, are you guys going to be going to this uh, Plastic Ocean event? Definitely, we're going to be there. Yeah. There you go. We're, we're back in studio with our lovely Brits, Josie Rob Roberts from London and Tom Grove from Swansea, Wales. Of course, everyone knows where Swansea is, right? Oh, yeah. Famous city across the globe, isn't it? <laughs> I barely know where Wales is, to be honest. But, uh, yeah, I mean, it sounds like, are you going to be, are you going to volunteer at this event too, do you think? Or Yeah, definitely. We've been, we've been helping out with a few Surfrider events and Michelle's been great in getting us involved. And, um, and they're actually doing stuff throughout the day, sewing material bags so we save on plastic. And, uh, yeah, then they've got this screening of the film and the um, panel afterwards. But, yeah, they really encourage people to come. It's really interesting because they're saying that, uh, you know, 100% of, of marine, some, some specific marine life that has been studied has been showing signs of tiny bits of plastic in them. I mean, filter feeders do just that. They filter the water. Uh, would you say that, um, do, you, do you guys think that, uh, you know, thrifting and, you know, kind of reusing things or swapping things around among people, I mean, is that, do you think that's part of the solution too? 
as as far as uh, you know, I, I guess like whether you're going to a thrift store, like Macklemore says, or whether you're kind of actually repurposing something. Have you kind of thought of ever thought about that before? Yeah, definitely. Anything anything that reduces waste, anything that stops anything from getting into the ocean is a positive. I know that was the worst setup ever because right now we're gonna play the new one from MIA. It's called Rewear It. artist it's like she's got this uh she's kind of fairly dark skin but then she always kind of has like hipster kind of clothes on with an international style as well i have one of her vinyl records at my house it's the only one the only surviving one i have from that record i bought because just because of things life happening and i lost the other vinyl records but i have one and um that's her newest album and she's sort of very vocal about uh you know advocating for you know, more, more rights for the developing world and that kind of thing. So that's why I figured I'd throw that one in the, into the mix so that we're not just talking about plastics on a very local level, but we're also talking about the international discussion around consumption. So we thought we'd throw that in there. Um, but while that was going on, you just dropped some knowledge on us. Now, now let's preface this by saying that the, we have two people here in studio that are basically bio-wizzes. They study biology, and uh, they know way more about the subject than I do. So he's, I, I was just kind of curious because I was just talking to a deep-sea researcher yesterday uh, about uh, some of these kind of topics. What have you learned about uh, what, what's what we're learning now about the ocean 
that far down. I mean, sounds like there's some cool stuff happening. Yeah, they've actually uh, they've done a fair bit of deep sea research, and I think one of the um, one of the most shocking things that uh, we've come to realise is that obviously throughout um, you know geological history, we as humans have defined time periods by the rocks that we find. We have these different strata, these different layers of rocks, which have different characteristics and different periods. And now we're entering what we're calling the Anthropocene. In other words, the time period, the period of time on Earth that has been affected by humans. And uh, looking at the layers that are now found on the seafloor, we're fairly sure that that period will be defined by a layer of plastic within the rock, within these layers. That's changing these effects are just, you know, areas that we would never consider that we don't think of. And we have left our mark there without ever having visited. It's incredible. Really shocking. Have they surmised what type of color that layer is going to be because it's certainly it's going to be more colorful i would think that than any other layer in the past yeah yeah definitely i think as a plastic breaks down it does tend to retain the pigment that it has been given so it'll be kind of mosaic which if you think about it um isn't it true that if you mix all colors together you get black yeah yeah, it is true. So perhaps, depending on the processes of erosion, maybe it'll just be like a, another boring, gross black layer in the sediment. Or maybe it'll be like the gayest rainbowy like layer. Yeah. <laughs> they'll, think, they'll think we're trying to say something by our, uh, our geology. But, um, you know, I mean, it's probably not a good thing either way, right? So we should probably, we should probably curb our, our habits, right? Yeah. Definitely. <laughs> what was it that you thought was particularly interesting when you heard that? Um, oh, what did I think was particularly interesting? Just, you know, we as humans, we kind of do these things. We, um, you know, we emit, we produce all these different substances and we just never consider the consequences. But the, effect, the fact that this effect will be recognisable by, you know, if anyone does find it, billions of years in the future, they will know we were here. They will know that we have left our stain on the planet. We have always, we've got this near permanent mark and it's, we're never going to be able to erase that. It certainly will be a way for them to trace it back to the fact that our economy, our global economy is based on oil, right? Like it'll be a really interesting way for them to go like, Mm. okay, there was the Bronze Age, we can see the bronze, and then we have the plastics. They might even call it the plastics age, you know what I mean? Like, depending on yeah. what happens. I mean, that's not necessarily a, a good thing. But one thing we can do is to think of other synthetic items that are out there that are actually quite delightful, especially in a place like Tofino, especially when, like, we're going to have in a few minutes, we have campfires all the time. Of course, I'm talking about the cheesy EDM pop of Marshmallow. Here's his song. It's called... Alone.
you guys approve? Yeah. Yeah, loving that one. Love it's a big tune, hey? Yeah. Yeah, I mean, I love kind of cheesy music like that sometimes, but it's it's serious enough that you got to take it seriously, right? If you had to pick a favorite song in all the world, what, what what's of any genre, new, old, whatever, what are your favorite songs these days? Right, for I mean, you say these days, mine has to be Simon and Garfunkel's rendition of uh, Bridge Over Troubled Water. Gets me every time, every time. Love that one. Yeah. What's yours? Ooh. Probably at the minute, You Give Love a Bad Name. Yeah. You Give Love a Bad Name. Mm-hmm. Tune. There you go. The epic tunes. You know, you're going to have to explore those ones on your own time because, you know, while we're on that kind of upbeat frequency, let's play something we haven't ever played before on this show legitimate happy hardcore. I don't know if you know what happy hardcore is, but it's like you're going to know in about two seconds. But I think it goes really well with our theme of talking about this geological layer that we're slowly forming by eating all this plastic of varying colors. It's going to be kind of likely a rainbow pattern on the bottom of the ocean. Well, let's talk about rainbows in the sky. This is DJ Paul L. Stack, Rainbow in the Sky. It's an old one. I want to see the rainbow high in the sky. I want to see you and me on a bird flying away. And then I hope to see your smile every night and day. I want to see the rainbow high in the sky. I want to see you and me on a bird flying away. And then I hope to see your smile every night. Love a little piano breakdown, you know it.
Okay, okay. Let's, ha- let's, let's just have a little breather there for a second. Whew. That was happy hardcore for you there. You know, a lot of it is just shoot yourself in the headness. That one, you think it's going to take you there, and as far as I'm concerned, just pulls back a little bit and then throws in a sick piano breakdown for good measure. And we're going to come down off that high with LSB Loop of Love because who doesn't love a little bit of liquidity to take us into the back half of the show the back quarter of the show we still got a camp out on Vargas and my craziest ever hitchhiking connection you'll be there with us because this is the frequency horizon
That was LSB, Loop of Love. You guys ever listen to that kind of music before, drum and bass? Not really. I'm not cool enough, to be honest, but it's a good <laughs> tune, good music. Yes, yeah, sort of kind of chill, but still upbeat. Hey, what, what, what's your opinion on the genre, yes. drum and bass genre? Are you familiar? Or? Yeah, loving it. If you have you heard that kind of style of music, but like the darker, there's darker drum and bass. You, there's that style, and then there's that one. That's they call it like liquidity or liquid drum and bass. Have you ever heard of that before? No, I haven't. No. There you go. Loving and, it. And, and there may be such not just on environmental topics, not just on uh, pretty uh, chill events happening around the community but also electronic music and surfing when we have the chance. But uh, we also like to take you on crazy AF adventures. That includes hitchhiking. I mean, it just so happens that, uh, you know, I've been going through the motions of sticking my thumb out, making signs, doing that whole thing, testing out a side-of-the-road form of communication, a little bit different than the broadcast medium, but the results can be the same. In fact, they can intertwine in very interesting ways. And that's what happened to me just the other day as I was by the junction between Nanaimo and Courtney and Port Alberni, where it turns into Highway 4 there. Now, just just join me on that journey and, and see what you think. I, I think you'll agree that this is probably one of the most crazy stories that I've ever had to uh, recount in my life in terms of personal connection. This is Alison Root. I am Director of Field Operations with Moscow, Peru, and you're listening to Frequency Horizon. So the light has just fallen. It's still a little bit blue, but here we are. We're headed down the lovely highway that's going to get some new reno- renovations happening in the future here with Alison Root. has picked me up hitchhiking. How are you doing, Alison? I'm doing well. I'm a bit sleepy. Allison's a bit sleepy, and uh, Allison doesn't look sleepy, but I will say, when I got into the vehicle, the first thing that I noticed was a big pot on the ground. <laughs> Just a giant pot of some sort of orange kind of substance. What was in there, Allison? Um, it's taco filling. I know it's got squash in it, and I'm not sure what else. I was not the one who made it. It looked delicious, though. Yeah. I, I'm really <laughs> looking forward to it. So, Allison... It turns out uh, is headed to Eculet anyhow, and uh, you know all the way from where I got picked up on the east side of the island. So this is kind of awesome for me that I get all the way to the from the, the the east coast to the west coast with someone who you know is very excited. You're very excited, aren't you, about coming to the west coast of the island, eh? I sure am. I definitely need a weekend off. What are you What are you looking forward to about coming to Tofino? Um, I, I'm really looking forward to spending time with some, oh, some good people, um, and not focusing on the things that I have to do in Victoria, I guess. Because Allison's, Allison's living in Victoria right now, which is obviously not as good as, uh, <laughs> as Tofino. But, it's also uh, pretty good. It's pretty good, you know. But even better, you live in, in Peru, and, uh, or at least you, you were living in Peru, and you're going back there. Uh, right. Which do you like better, Victoria or Peru? They're very different. Um, and my lives in both places are very different. So Victoria is like my community. Um, it has all of the like cool activism um, I do there. And um, I love dancing at the club and listening to reggaeton, which is why this is the soundtrack for my drive. 
Yeah, I I think that reggaeton is the best music ever. <laughs> no, you don't. After like almost every other one. Right after every other kind of music, yeah. No, I'm just kidding. Apparently, it's it's gone through a, a bit of a revival recently, eh? Has it? I think so. Yeah. Did it, it kinda, ever go away? Not in not in Peru, that's for sure. <laughs> sure did not. <laughs> yeah. So the crazy thing that we didn't really figure out at first. This has happened to me a couple times hitchhiking before, but this is possibly one of the one of the coolest is that uh we've actually interacted before you know now, now i just want to be like you didn't recognize me or anything how could you right like, never you just, seen your face before I, like you just decided to pull over and, and pick me up or oh no i i got the sense you got a premonition right <laughs> yeah the frequencies were like calling out to you and you're like oh i need to like <laughs> so, yeah so anyways i get picked up and i don't know like 20 minutes down the road say did we email before or something like yeah how did you kind of put it put two and two together okay can i admit yeah. <laughs> actually when you said your name was drew i was like oh drew who lives in tofino i wonder if this is the drew who lives in tofino who emailed me a few months ago yeah because i did i i actually randomly emailed you out of nowhere from if i'm not mistaken the schooner restaurant is where i was hanging out i think at the time in tofino and i just messaged you up uh I don't know why, like, but we had originally kind of connected previously, almost ended up heading towards a music festival together. Like, yeah, five years ago. Yeah, at least. Like, it six, was Six years? Yeah, and I remember, like, I can't remember, I guess I was trying to find a ride out to Tofino, I think, at the time. I must have, eh? Could be. Does that make sense? Like, why else would I wanted to come out and get a ride to the West Coast? Did, you wasn't... weren't going to the music festival, hey? No, that's right. I was not going to the music festival. You were going to go to Sasquatch Music. Festival, which is in, I believe that's in central uh, Washington, right? Right. And uh, I was going to, I guess, head to Tofino before I lived there, because we were both living in Calgary at the time. Yeah. And, uh, yeah, I mean, it ended up, how was the, how was the, do you remember how the music festival ended up that, that year? Yeah, it was, I had a really good time. It was my only time that I've been to Sasquatch, and I went with some really awesome people. Um, we all wore animal onesies all weekend. And danced a lot. It's a good experience. I'm glad to hear it. And, I, and honestly, like, that's probably part of why I messaged you because like right around that time, a few months ago, I was like, kind of looking ahead to, oh, well, when would Sasquatch Festival be? And like, I, I think it's still coming up. But uh, yeah, I, I honestly didn't expect to even hear back from you. And I remember you, a little while later, you messaged me back, and then yeah, that was it. And I must have been in Peru at the time. You must have been in Peru, probably. <laughs> Hanging out in the jungles, or what would you have been doing? Hanging out in the mountains. Okay. Um, hanging out in a cafe, doing a bunch of work, or getting ready to take a trip to a remote indigenous community, I guess. Or I was at the club dancing to this music. One or the other. I mean, it's really all the same. <laughs> right. What do you think about it? You know, it, connecting with people one way or the other, you know? So, so yeah, so, like, first of all, how crazy is that, that, like, like, has that ever happened to you before, where you've, like, had a weird connection like that? Oh, I definitely have, yeah. Um, one of my favorite ones was my best friend and I bought a car when we were 19 and drove across Canada. And we picked up a hitchhiker in the prairies. Um, and he said that he decided to leave Toronto hitchhiking because his horoscope told him to go to the prairies. It turns out he was a tourist, and my best friend and I were both Tauruses, and we were driving a Ford Taurus at the time. 
And then, so wait, we were like, wait, we, wait, wait, can we just say that one more time? Because that's awesome. Yes, yes. He so was a Taurus. We were both Tauruses. You guys were also Tauruses. And we were in a Ford Taurus. In a Ford Taurus. <laughs> wow. So then, so we drove with him, Alex, for like a couple hours, dropped him off. And then a month later, we had made it to Toronto from the prairies. We were walking down the street, and this dude walked up to us and was like, hey, do you remember me? And I don't know if you have ever experienced what it's like to be a woman and have dudes approach you, but we ignored him at first. And then realized that it was Alex the Hitchhiker, our friendly tourist friend. So your friendly tourist friend seems like a sketchy dude, it sounds like. Um, he... All of these are sketchy. All of these are sketchy. It was International Women's Day recently. I'm gonna let that one slide. But uh, <laughs> definitely, uh, you know, that's pretty. That's pretty insane. And you know what? Like, I think that's so cool because that's what I like to focus on for my radio show, which is the you know the frequency horizon. And it's just this idea that you know, like, call it coincidences, call it what you will. But I do believe that like there's certain people that are able to tap into different frequencies and kind of roll with something in like a, almost like a, like fighting against the tide, you know? And then other times the waves are perfect. You're, you're lining things up, you know, you have a wetsuit that's not giving you problems. You pick the right board for the conditions and boom, you're catching wave after wave. And, and it's kind of cool to see how that can extend sometimes to human interactions and international travel. I mean, is that a bit of a, is that too much of a stretch or? No, yeah. Cool. Yeah. Well, there you go, Frequency Horizon. And uh, you're going to hopefully do that when you go back to Peru as well. Yeah. Do you, do, do you feel like when you go back there, it's going to be a completely new set of people, circumstances and that, that you're hanging out with? Or um, uh, is it going to be just kind of a continuation of the same? You know, I kind of hope I set myself up for a bit better... Um, stronger community, more um, of the things that make me feel happy and healthy this time. <laughs> so more too much, like too much reggaeton last time, or what? No, I need more reggaeton. Okay. But great, great. Um, but concerned. also more more activism and yeah. What activism is big right now in Peru? There's a lot of like mining justice stuff. Um, right now, the feminist movement is like going strong in South America. Because I remember when I went to Ecuador, that was right around the time where like there'd been a big push from like quite a number of left-leaning um, leaders and whatnot, and you know uh, rights movements and that had made quite a bit of headway. And then I think at the time that I was there, there was you were starting to see a pushback a little bit from the established kind of classes and the people with money, and you know to to sort of. It was right around when George Bush was kind of coming coming out, and there were certain people within Latin America who were actually impressed with George Bush and wanted to kind of suck up to them and that. And then so, and then I think you've seen it kind of swing back the other way as well. What are you most excited about to, to learn more about once you go back there? Well, I, I really want to connect with some sweet radical feminists. I think um, the women in my life are, I don't know, women give me so much strength. And um, I think fighting alongside women is really awesome. And, and it's something that I've got to do with work in Peru, but I'd really like my friend circle to reflect that more. Do you feel like the women's movement in Peru will take cues from the women's movement 
as it's growing in, let's say, North America, vis-a-vis Donald Trump? Or do you feel like they're two separate dynamics? Like there are two things that are kind of growing and uh, thriving independently? Um, I like to think that women's movements all over the world, as well as all of the other struggles against various forms of oppression, are like necessarily interconnected um, and can exist one without the other. Um, I don't know, you know, if others trying to learn from the the experiences we're learning about in the world, the the different struggles we hear about. Yeah. Uh, what better place to do that than Peru, right? Yeah, or, or here, or anywhere. Fair enough. And uh, hopefully you get a chance to chill out in Tofino and relax before you go back there, you know? Yeah, good beach time. Good beach time, and get out there in the waves if you do if you do want to. I don't know if I will. I think I'm going to take a, a little break for just another week or two and then go hard for the rest of the summer. That's my plan. Nice. One way or the other. sounds great. For the rest of the summer, we're in we're in March right now, and there's snow on the ground. <laughs> well, there's snow on the ground here right now. Like both sides of the highway, like there's decent mounds, but guaranteed by the time we get to Tofino, it'll be gone. So no worries, right? Yeah. Thanks for uh, sharing your story. Yeah. Here we are live in studio here with Josie Roberts, Roberts from London, Tom Grove from Swansea, and uh, that was Allison Root, who is someone who I actually went to put her number in my phone so that I could show around to Fino, her and her friends uh, that have been renting a little place in Eculet, but uh, possibly a big place in Eculet. I don't want to comment on the size if you, you know, the owner of the bed and breakfast is listening. But uh, what I will say is her number was already in my phone twice. That's kind of an interesting thing. How many times does someone whose number is in your phone twice pick you up hitchhiking randomly when they've never seen your face before? That is one of my all-time Frequency Horizon moments. If you've been tuning in, listening, thanks for checking us out because we're trying to share this journey. We're trying to head on our journey, figure out how to take it to the next level. We do that one step at a time. And tonight we're doing it with a couple Brits in studio. What do you guys think of that uh, that little story there? I saw you guys nodding your head a little bit. Yeah, it's just incredible. You can We've experienced it here. You can travel halfway around the world and meet people who grew up not two doors down from you. It's brilliant. Yeah, and uh, that's something that, you know, who knows, you know, you could be, you could go to Peru and meet this other person, and, you know, who knows, maybe you would say that you're at some radical feminist event or something. (laughs) Small world. (laughs) uh, Quick question, totally out of the blue, this question, uh, random, uh, how many mixed martial arts females are radical feminists, would you say? Is there any overlap in the Venn diagram at all? I'd say like 100%. Oh, really? But in a good way. 100%. Equal rights all the way. You hear that right here on Frequency Horizon. MMA fighter, female fighters, radical feminists. So get woke. We'll be back in a minute to play a little bit of Frequency Horizon Campo goodness. Hi, I'm Shari. And I'm Jeff. From From Tofino Co-op Hardware. Are you new to the community or just putting off getting that co-op number we keep asking you for? Why not invest $10 and become a lifetime member owner? Our member owners will receive 5% in cash back and equity on all their purchases made throughout the year. Your membership is good at all of our locations. The grocery store, gas bar, and this also gives you a vote at our annual meetings. So take five minutes to stop by our admin office. Invest in yourself and your community. 
Easy peasy, right, G? Yeah, easy peasy, Shari. Co-op, you're at home here. <laughs> You're listening to Frequency Horizon on Radio. All right, so we're here on Argus Island. Yeah, yeah. What's up? It, we have Taylor. Taylor, yeah. We got Dill. Dill G-Man. What's going Tommy. On? Tommy. Tommy. And How are you guys tonight? This is here. We are at Tough City Radio, Frequency Horizon. Full on campout happening. We have the uh, four Smokies <laughs> on a stick over the. Most impressive fire that I've ever seen. It's pretty intense and uh, having a little dinner. It's one of those moments. This is a savant playing. Is that who this is? Yeah. It, it's a Bluetooth I just buy. 20 bucks, my friend. This is the best decision I've ever made in my life. It's awesome. <laughs> Seriously. Give it a party go and we can put the volume a little bit. So we almost failed our fire, right? We almost didn't have a fire at all. Because uh, both of our lighter just broke. I was, so. I was a little worried for our existence there. <laughs> <laughs> we made it, though. We, we made, made it. it. And you, got these, you, know, you even got to get a little surfing, too, eh? Yeah, man. That was crazy. Me and Dylan. Good for you guys. You guys I mean, it, it was more Dylan. Dylan is the, the kind of guy that just... <laughs> he doesn't care if we get eaten by wolf or bear or whatever. He's just like, we got to go for the experience. And we just run through those river and bushes. <laughs> I scratch all over my face. It was pretty fun. We had a good time. Yeah, you guys are gnarly. Yeah, gnarly kids, gnarly times, and uh, yeah, the stars are out like crazy too. It's amazing. Yeah. Anyways, thanks for tuning in. It's time to eat. What a delicious meal. What a good time, and what epic sights. I mean, when it comes to staring out at the horizon, when it comes to visiting pristine coastline, when it comes to investigating you know environmental impacts of certain things and uh, how habitats have been progressing over the years i mean it's it's what a better place to go than vargas island and we're so blessed to be in a place with such a bounty and uh, bounty of visuals bounty of cool people so i want to say thanks guys for bringing me out there on the camp out and participating in the frequency horizon shout out to you guys i hope you have an awesome summer and um yeah, I, I hope you can even come on the Frequency Horizon sometime live in studio, as these lovely Brits have done today. Um, but we're also blessed with a plethora of awesome music out there. And so we want to play this one. It's off Compact Records. Dave DK Halma. What will we have up our sleeve? Just have to listen.
compact release with Dave DK, Halma, H-A-L-M-A. And I'd love to see compact artists live. I'd love to go and witness that experience for myself. Nothing quite like seeing greatness before your eyes. And Tom, you've witnessed greatness before your eyes. Tell me about it. As man, national hero, hero of mine, I was lucky enough to uh, work where he comes pretty often. There's a man called David Attenborough. David Attenborough? His- yeah, natural history presenter extraordinaire, an absolute steward of the natural world. And uh, I was lucky enough to talk to him one day, Things, but he the- was incredible. The weather. Well, it's, you know, <laughs> I mean, that's kind of his stock and trade, right? Mm. Just talking about natural yeah on, including the weather right yeah and you know you you see these people on tv and you think wow they're they're like superhuman they're demigods and he was just like he was on tv and so nice so pleasant it was amazing i only realized just recently that he wasn't just a celebrity voice that was brought on right to deal with this kind of stuff like i honestly wasn't sure that that was uh that he that, that he was actually legitimate as far as scientific research and and visuals are yeah concerned. but he goes way back uh, and with uh, National Geographic, so yeah, it's been inspiring to meet him, eh? Yeah, it really was. And you know, they uh, sometimes say that there's no one man who's done more for the natural world than David Attenborough. So certainly, as far as you know, yeah. as as far as raising the profile of things, and uh, you know, of course, when it comes to you know the natural world, when it comes to learning about what's going on as far as camera techniques, I mean. He's always been right up there, and he's got an excellent voice, you know? Oh, a perfect voice. You know, if I could have one ounce of David Attenborough infused into the frequency horizon, <laughs> that would be the, that would just that would just blow my mind and everyone else's. So, uh, and, But you as well, Josie, I, I believe, if I'm not mistaken, you've also met someone potentially equally as impressive, depending on how you're gauging these things. <laughs> Depending, yeah, I worked at a pub back in London and I had the privilege of giving half a pint to the actor that played Lord Voldemort, the darkest wizard of all time. Oh, wow. And and were you shaking in your boots? Were you terrified that something bad was going to happen? Or were you kind of on that level with him? Were you kind of getting where he was coming from? How would you describe the experience? No, I was pretty terrified. I was pretty terrified, yeah. <laughs> and I, I just think that's so funny. Those are such British experiences, both of them. You know? <laughs> Full on, like, you know, proper proper moments. And I think I made a mistake. I don't think David Attenborough is with National Geographic. He's with BBC, right? Yeah, BBC. Yeah, yeah. let's make that correction right now. Because we did play a little clip of the Frequency Horizon getting shouted on BBC Radio 1 earlier in the show. So I would hate to not give them credit where credit is due. And you guys deserve all the credit for coming in here. Thanks so much. Oh, it's, it's been amazing. Thank you for having us. Yeah, thank you for having us. What's, what's your final message for tonight for Tofino, guys? Just thank you, everyone, for being so amazing while we've been here. Yeah, thank you, everyone. And yeah, keep respecting nature. You're doing a great job. Cheers. You got New Jabez, Battle Cry in the background. And if you want, you can go to facebook.com slash Frequency Horizon. Leave us a message there. Subscribe on iTunes as a podcast. That's Frequency Horizon. And we've got soundcloud.com slash Frequency Horizon or whatever other podcatcher you do use. This will be up there in a very short order. And FrequencyHorizon.com 
as we come home to roost. If you have a Twitter, it's Frequency Horizon. And on Twitter, it's at the Freak with the Q Horizon. But we're going to end off with Howling, Short Line, the Frank Wiedemann remix. And I played this song, first of all, because it's so good. And second of all, because I like to imagine the title says Short Line, not Short Line. Did you catch the difference there? Nah, look it up. I'll let you figure it out for yourself. This has been the Frequency Horizon episode 66. Perhaps best episode ever. If you think so, let us know. And guess what? There'll be more campsites. There'll be more chill times. There will be more hitchhiking, I can assure you, in the weeks to come. So stay tuned. Thanks as always. I'm signing off. It's true with Frequency Horizon. Peace.
Shine on Georgia moon, shine. 